Hello, my name is Professor Keeley, and I am a professor that teaches many different disciplines. And so my focus in life is now more clear that it is designed to help people. And so with that said, uh, the name of this podcast is called The Master Toolbox. And the reason why, I wanted to explain a little bit more about what that means. So if you've been through therapy or you've been through the corporate world where they talk about what your toolbox is, that everybody has a toolbox. Some people just don't realize they have a toolbox and some people use their toolbox all the time. So a toolbox are people around you or things that are around you that can help you get to where you need to go when you're stuck or when something's broken. So if you're trying to put up a new curtain, you will go get a drill and the drill will help you. You might get a level and you use all these tools to help you accomplish a goal of putting up a curtain. So people around you are the same thing or technology, if used correctly, can be the same thing for you. But you have to know yourself in a way to know what types of toolboxes that, tools in your toolbox that you need and who you can call. So for example, I've had a recent experience in my own life where I went through a really horrible year last year. I lost my mother um, due to some circumstances that really caused me distress working in the corporate world for a company that just, when I say unethical, take that to the power of 10. And when you go through those circumstances is that you do want to have people around you who you can who can help you. Or if you're going through and you're starting up a business and that's what my goal is in my consulting business is to, to help people have the resources at hand that really understand what's going on because we are now as a society bombarded with people telling you that you can help and that they can help you. But are they really sincere or are they just after the money? And what you find and what I have found, many of them are not sincere. And they may go into it being sincere, but the minute a bigger client comes along or you know they're making money and it's on vacation, oh, hey, I, I'm sorry, I take a vacation. And yet I'm that kind of person where even if I'm on vacation and somebody really needs my help, I'm on the phone with them because I'm more interested in helping people and I've somehow in my own way made that my satisfaction in life, which I get such fulfillment of watching people achieve what they could never feel like they could achieve. And that's part of being an educator is that you, you get into it with the hopes that you are impacting people's lives for the better. The hard part about being an educator is you know that sometimes people are not going to hear you. And you have to, in some ways, learn to be okay with that, although I've never really been okay with that. And a lot of it has to do with the way we've bastardized the education system and why we're struggling with the education system. So I have my own opinions on that that I'll end up discussing later on for, you know, for people who are either in education, uh, in the educational system, and or people who are trying to decide, do I go to a voca vocational school? Do I go to college or do I just try it on my own? So, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, I've, I've watched. So the, the, the toolbox that you have around you are the people that are going to help you. And so I started to, to say, when I was going through all these struggles, 
there's somebody who is a really close and dear friend of mine. And I would just rage because that's how I deal with my, my frustration is I'm one of those people that rage it out. And I know that there are people who find that hard to take because they don't rage it out. They go quiet and they solve problems differently. Mine is if I've got this toxicity and I think of it almost like this just oozing black goo inside me of rage and anger and frustration and I'm Celtic so that's what I do is I just blow a gasket and I just let it all go. And to me, that's like releasing the steam that's inside of me. So I feel like there's this almost this toxicity that's inside of me that is now released out through my mouth and my ears and my nose when I'm just raging. And then I, it goes away. Like I've got it out of my system. I hope that I haven't injured people <laughs> along the way. Um, that's why I usually contain myself um, behind like hazard guards or, you know, whatever barriers. But you have to find the way that you cope with things. And that's the first tool in your toolbox is self-awareness. What works for you? So in my journey, what I've learned for me, for example, is that I'm always busy. I'm doing like a thousand things. And, and I've learned that to weave things in and I'll go and have a podcast about the Franklin Planner because while people don't use it anymore, it was a very helpful tool and can be very helpful even today. So, you know, we have these, these tools and so, but you have to know yourself. So I just shared with you something that I have learned about myself, which is how I deal with frustration. And if I'm going to, if that's how I'm going to choose to handle it, cause I don't have to, I mean, I could try to train myself to do something different. Although I've found this method works really well, really well for me. You want to make sure that the people around you understand that and not just that they understand it, but that they're capable of dealing with it. So I have the, I have a very forceful personality and when that comes out and it's unleashed, you want to make sure you've got people around you that can handle it. So I had that struggle last year and what I found out is this person who's so close to me, instead of leaning forward during a time of need where you wrap your arms around somebody, if you will, you hold out your hand, you spend hours on the phone with them, you listen to them rage. And sometimes again, healing is just listening. It's listening to somebody rage out that problem or, or work it out by listening and using their, their hearing because your hearing in even the proofreading process is very valuable. You'll catch so many mistakes when you read it out loud versus when you've spent hours proofing it um, by trying to read it. So, you know, there's that gift that somebody gives you, which is patience and compassion and their time. Because we live in a world and society where time is the biggest value that there is. We don't have much time on this planet. So how can you impact people the best way that you can? And so this person that I was leaning on, instead of leaning forward, he, he leaned back. Hey, go, go talk to somebody, a therapist or whatever. I, I can't deal with this. And I can't fault him because it was a lot of rage. And, but then my best friend from third grade came and we've been talking, but she was there for me in a way that she'd never been there for me before because she knew I needed her and I did. And, and she helped me work through the issues I was having. And I still have some of them. Um, and 
that's a tool in the toolbox. So if I know I'm struggling with something, instead of going to my other friend, I go to my best friend and get advice from her and patience and sometimes tough love. I've gotten recently a little bit of tough love from her, but I know it comes from the right place. So when you're going to your toolbox, the first thing that you have to understand is yourself. The second thing that you have to to understand is that the message that you get from them may not be the message you want, but it may be the message you need. So tough love is there for a reason. It means you need to change the direction of your life. I've told you several times either that you need to change it or how to change it. And tough love is, okay, I'm done with you right now. Either you figure it out and come back to me and I'm happy to help you, or you can just keep being this way and I won't be a part part of it. Now, when I say a part of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I walk away from you. I walk away from the situation that you have. And there's a difference. I know a lot of people will walk away from people completely. I have a hard time doing that. That's just not in my nature to do. But what I can do is put a boundary up, which I'm learning to get better about my boundaries, but I can put a boundary up and say, you know what? You know what? We talked about this. I'm not interested in hearing about what you have to say about this. So when you're interested in making some changes, then I'm, I will be more interested in helping to you until that time happens. I don't want to discuss this. And you keep that rigid boundary where they know you're that resource that you, they want your help. But if they're not going to listen and take it to some degree, and you don't give advice thinking that somebody has to take it exactly. But if you see somebody struggling and it's not working for them, then you have to get that message through somehow. So again, if you trust this person and they are your trusted advisor because they're in your toolbox, then you want to find a way to be able to listen to them because you you don't have to take their advice exactly. And you can take their advice and modify it and make it work for you. But the advice they're giving is the advice you need to take. So knowing those types of people in your toolbox, it could also be a discipline. So if like I'm trying to go back into the fashion world, which I adore and I love it, I just have walked away from it for a long time. And now I'm trying to reenter it through my philosophy and trying to get back into my art and doing it this time. Cause I, I did it, but I was a closet artist. I still am technically a closet artist. I've never you know, put my work really out there. So if I'm doing that, then I'm going to want to have people in the fashion community around me who can be my mentors, who can help me, who can just have that conversation with me about fashion, because I might hear myself say something that might be the next it in fashion, because I've said it out loud. So it can be just people around you who are in the same industry that you want to be in, not necessarily that the industry that you're in right now, although it could be. So I think hopefully you're starting to see when I say a flavor of the different types of tools in the toolboxes, they can be, you know, a place. You could go to a place because it inspires you. You can go to someone to get tough love because that's what you need. Um, You can go to somebody who gives you good advice because, you know, you would rather spend your money and get really good expert advice from somebody you trust than trying to find and spend all this money of people who you don't trust or trying to widget it out yourself and you just can't get it done. Uh, So again, one of the things that I do, for example, I realize that small businesses can't afford my, my, my rates. So 
I do have some pay it forward programs, which I mentioned in the last podcast, but I've learned to work very quickly and it's been honed by unfortunately bad bosses. <laughs> but again, if you embrace a bad boss for, yeah, you suck as a boss, but what did I learn about myself trying to meet bad expectations? If you look at that dynamic, you'll find that you've actually grown a lot and you can do a lot. So in the basics of what comes very easy and very natural for me, I can get that done much faster because I know it very well. So when you hire an expert, one of the things that you're, you're getting from them is that expertise to do something well, but fairly quickly because they know it like the back of my hand. Like somebody asks me to do a certain thing, you know, in marketing, I can pretty much turn it around very quickly. Like if they ask me to write a script for them, um, to give to their salespeople, um, or if they're trying to pitch something themselves or themselves, it's called brand me. Um, I can write a script very easy. Once I get to know that person and I understand like what they're doing so that I can write the best script for them. Um, but I can write that quickly. So small business needs me to work quickly because they don't have the time of, they don't have the, the money to afford my time. Larger companies, I can afford to take that time, but I'm also, usually handling bigger projects that are more complex and more dynamic. There's more divisions, more people, more products, more services, um, different technology systems that I'm dealing with. So those projects will take longer because they are more dynamic. But the basic of getting a business operating, running websites, branding, logo, taglines, uh, social media platforms that you should be on, content that you should be creating, all of that comes very naturally for me. So in focusing on the 33 million small businesses versus the 20,197 large businesses, I need to be able to work effectively and efficiently. So that's one of the things that I've learned that I'm building into my, my own model is how do I either give my clients a complete questionnaire that not just answers questions, but forces them to think about what I need them to think about so that I can give them what they need. So in your basic marketing plan, for example, I hate them because most people who fill out a marketing plan don't even know the questions to ask to be able to complete it correctly. So if they say, so what is your three-year plan, your five-year plan? Someone might give you what they think is a three-year plan, the five-year plan, but it's not what you really need. When they say an integrated marketing campaign, many people don't even know what that means. So, or why color schemes mean something. There's a color wheel for businesses that you can see businesses selecting certain colors because colors are an aesthetic that really cause people, it's a call to action. It gives people a mood or a feeling about your business. So most people don't even think about colors. Um, or they'll pick the color, but they don't really understand, hey, this is my favorite color. Well, sometimes you're not picking your favorite color for your company. And then the other thing too is like once you release your company out to the world, it's no longer really your company. You, you create this baby, but if you're not getting feedback from your customers and listening to what they are saying and what they're not saying, so if they're not buying from you, then they're speaking volumes about what they don't like. So how do you learn what they don't like? 
because if you keep ignoring them, then you will go down the tubes. So your company has to evolve with the clients that you pick, which is why early in your, your marketing plan, it's important to understand your audience and who it is that's your target audience. Because if you're not communicating with them the right way, then you are on this miscommunication with them and they won't buy from you. So that's why for me, whether it's therapy and you've got people that will listen to you and, and they know how to listen to you the right way. Um, or for example, some people that are quiet and let's say they don't rage things out. You want somebody who's talkative, who's going to start asking you a bunch of questions. So again, here I'm raging it out and the best thing to do is just be quiet and just listen and kind of participate, you know, in that conversation, but just let me get it out of my system where some people are so quiet that you are the one who's drawing them out. And I have a client right now who's a struggling millennial who I'm literally trying to draw conversations out of him um, because it's just really hard. And I'm trying to get him to think future, like where do you want to be in the future? And it's really hard, you know, for us to communicate because he's so locked inside his mental box of his head. So again, I'm a tool in his toolbox because I probably understand him better than other people, which is why he's still struggling because the diagnosis that he has gotten and the people that have been around him have not been a good support system for him. So that's why finding the right tools is going to make you more successful and knowing when to upgrade your tools. So maybe this person's been great for you so far, but you're trying to take your business to the next level. Um, so you're going to find a different toolbox or you put it like, a, you know, think about when you take a wrench and you add pieces to it, you know, sometimes you, you're doing this compound thing where you're bringing additional people in, in different areas for different reasons. So you're the one who controls your toolbox. You're the one who knows when your toolbox is not working, when you've got all the wrong tools and you need the upgrade. And when it's, when it is best to go by top of the line, top shelf, because you're going to be using it a lot and it will break if you don't buy a really high quality, you know, tool versus when you just are doing a small project and you just need a little dollar store hammer just to tap something in very lightly, then sure, a cheaper model will work for you. But I just meet so many people who, especially my students, want to be millionaires and billionaires and are coming up with all these different brands and ideas and multi-prong organizations. And I keep saying, whoa, 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 back, back up, pick one and do it well and pick the one that's going to make you the most money first, which may not be the one you really, really like. But if you start to make money, then you can go back to that business model idea that you have. And now you've self-funded doing it. So my marketing plans are a little different and they're designed to be able to give people those questions that they need and really pull out of them what's going to make them successful and force them to think. And again, most traditional marketing plans and even some of the marketing people I've met, they don't do that. They're not asking a lot of the right questions. They're not looking at the market and saying, okay, well, this person's idea is just not going to work and just say, okay, so I really want to help you. And maybe I'm not seeing something the right way, but how are you going to be different than the 16,000 other people that are doing this product? 
because you're going to get lost in a sea of companies that are doing the same thing. So if you're doing the same thing, that's fine. But how are you going to do it differently? How do you make a brand that yours is so unique that people want to buy the same thing from you that they could buy somewhere else? On the other hand, you might have a completely new idea that's so revolutionary. And how do you get that out? So what a toolbox is, or, you know, it, it, it's that, that, again, it's a toolbox of, of resources that you have. Um, some of them that you use more frequently, some of them that you just have there in case you need them in the future. But that's why you should really start to think about what a toolbox is and put those people on speed dial. Maybe even call them the wrench, you know, come up with a, a funny name. Hey, wrench, you know, you, you call them your wrench. I've been called a wrench before. You're my wrench, you know, you're my hammer, this is whatever. Um, and I usually get the hammer when I'm that tough love kind of person. Um, but that, you know, I've got a student right now who she came up with a, a good idea five years ago. And I'm not going to push her. She's got too many other interests right now and she's too distracted. And I would come off as the bad guy and alienate her if I pushed her the way she should be pushed. So I've just waited. And we were talking recently and she said, you know, I lost my computer. Um, can you, you know, do you still have that business plan I sent you? And I was like, yeah, sure. I keep everything. And I, I'm, organ I'm super hyper-organized, so I know exactly where everything's at. And I sent it to her, and she, we were talking later when we met, and she's like, you know, when you sent that to me, I mean, first of all, I didn't remember that, you know, I could probably go get that in my sent email box, um, that I actually had it already, because she was so focused on, I lost my computer, that file was on my computer. Well, when you email it to somebody, you've got a copy of it. Um, and she's like, wow, that was 2018 that I did that. And I said, yes, imagine where you would be five years from now if you had actually done your product idea back then. And, you know, so she asked me to meet with her every week to keep her honest and on target. And I'm always willing to help her. Um, but you have to have passion for what you're doing. You have to have sacrifice for what you're doing. And sacrifice isn't just being an entrepreneur. Sacrifice can be working for a company that you don't like to work for because you're either trying to do, you know, open up your own company by working on it at night and you need that extra fund that pays your bill during the day while you're getting your business going at night. That happens all the time and is a very smart model to do, but it's hard. You can't go to the movies all the time. You can't, you don't have time for exercising anymore. Um, or maybe you do a different type of exercising because you can't get it in to your schedule. So there's a lot of sacrifice to being a billionaire and a millionaire. And again, I'm not opposed to it on some levels, but I'm a, what I am opposed to are people who hoard wealth and truly don't give back. So like if a JLo Actually, instead of giving a million dollars, which I think I said in my last podcast, if you know, if you're asking the right questions, you should always ask why celebrities only give a, um, a million dollars. And you, if you watch my last podcast, you will understand why they only give a million dollars. But what about 10 million? Somebody who's worth 400,000, like a JLo, 10 million is, is nothing. 1 million is 0.0001% of her wealth. And yet, because a million dollars to us is a lot, we look at, you know, oh, you know, she gave a million dollars. I know people who use JLo like a tool, 
a tool in the toolbox. And yes, you should look at her for her work ethic. It's amazing. You know, anybody who wants to be a backup singer and, and realize that a dancer, that's how you start in this business. You don't, you're not the mega star that starts out. You are the background noise, um, if you will, until that opportunity strikes. So in that regard, she is a toolbox or a tool in the toolbox. And so the other thing that I do, and that's what I, I shared as well, is a toolbox can, that person in the toolbox can obviously be a mentor of yours. So and a mentor doesn't have to be somebody that you know personally. A mentor can be somebody who's a business professional that you'll probably never meet. Or maybe you become a billionaire and you meet them on the billionaire's row. Um, but you look at them as a case study. Like, what did they do at the very beginning? What was their work ethic like? What were they interested? What were they reading? What were they doing? How did they handle the failures? Do you see how I'm asking lots of questions? Most people don't ask questions. Most people don't even look at, the, at what a billionaire first did when they started. They only look at the very end of them a billionaire. I mean, look at Mark Cuban. He obviously owns the, I think, the Mavericks. He sold trash bags when he first started, door to door. That's how he got to start. That's why he's such a gregarious guy is that he had to make a sale happen. P. Diddy's the same way. He was selling CDs out of the back of his car. They had mentors as tools in their toolboxes along the way. And then that toolbox got larger because their needs got larger, you know, and so they align themselves with certain people. But again, you're always using different tools in the toolbox. So again, if you're trying to move up the chain of command at a company, if you don't play politics, you should find somebody who could mentor you on how to play politics or learn how to be able to navigate it without playing politics. I don't play politics very well. I'm too, too direct too honest, if you will. I sometimes what I say comes off the wrong way. Um, my tone gets frustrated sometimes very easily and I'm having, I have to learn to rein it in, you know, but those people along the way who are helping me see that, Hey, you just snapped at somebody. They were trying to help. You're right. I should go apologize to them. That's a good mentor or somebody who you can look at as a case study and say, how can I learn, or what out of all the things that they've done, what feels right to me? So that toolbox is, is there to be able to give you access to information, to support. If you wanted, again, being an entrepreneur is very difficult, very, very difficult. There is a lot of sacrifice, but there's also a lot of reward. That's why people become billionaires, because with great reward, can come great wealth and people don't seem to get that they think that because they work at mcdonald's for 15 dollars an hour that they should just be able to move into the billionaire's row they don't realize that if that a billionaire would be working at mcdonald's and working at wendy's on different shifts to make as much money as they could to be able to sock it away to be able to buy new software to do all these different things so hard work and dedication strategy and sacrifice are what make people successful and determinism. Like how can I make myself do something every day because I'm determined to be successful. I'm determined to open this own company. So, you know, and like, let me also give you a personal one for me right now. So I've grown up with a mother that 
pounded in my head security, get a good job, you know, long, and, and I've always struggled with that because I get sometimes too smart for the companies I work for. And I've had CEOs that really struggle with that when I'm telling them to help them, but they don't want to hear it. And I've got to get better at knowing when to shut it down when they clearly don't want to hear and they're not interested in that message anymore. Um, it, it hurts me on some levels. I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I want to help. Um, and it is bothersome when I can see the path five years and how to be able to navigate it and they're not interested in hearing that. Um, it's the same thing when I'm teaching and I know that that student's not going to hear what I'm having to say yet I know the answer because I'm very intuitive that way. You know, I, and again, intu intuition is something that it's honed, it's a gift, um, you have to listen to it. Um, and that's where beginning to understand how you, to use your toolbox, how to be able to gather the right people around you. Uh, so as I was saying, I went and had a streak of purple put in my hair. And I have really long hair. Um, and the reason why I did it is it, I'll probably take it out at some point, but it was a symbol for me because it's too easy for me to want to go back into corporate because it's good money, it's safe, I make a lot of money that way. But it, every time I now brush my hair, I will see that purple and remind myself that I don't want to go back into corporate because that's what that symbol is, is that I want my consulting company to work, I want to make it successful, and I want to help people. And if purple hair is that reminder that makes me do it, then I wear purple hair until I get to that level of freedom of because my company is so successful and I'm helping people build their businesses and lead the lives that they want to lead, whether it's giving them good coaching advice um, or helping them write proposals that are going to win or whatever that is for branding, that is my job. So that's why I chose the, the Swiss Army Knife um, and the Toolbox. And being um, an interdisciplinarian, I have a lot of different types of tools that I can help people with. So you get one-stop shopping with me. So whether it's um, a wrench or a hammer, pliers, or even a level that you use to keep things balanced, find the right people for your toolbox. Cheers.